know you like that. Welcome in today. We are now entering the squared circle. You got your man, Sonny Hill, here and always with me. The man who changed his definition to skeet shooting. My man, Shooter. What up, what up? Welcome in, welcome in. Alright guys, so we are here in the squared circle today to talk about what we love to talk about, and that's that sweet science of boxing. Yes sir, yes sir. And the fact that it is a science, and that's one of the things we're definitely going to delve into today. I just want to start off with a special shout out, man. This is our first podcast. Uh, I'm, re- I'm really excited to start this journey with my man right here. It's not very few people. It's kind of like a secret society when it comes to boxing. Most people know the commercial stuff. You know what you see on TV or what you hear. But when it, when it comes down to it, the people who actually know anything about boxing, it's more than that. And that's why I'm happy to be doing this. Definitely way more than that. A lot more than people think. Um, that's why it's called the science, because you have to think about it. It's like chess, not checkers. Attack is a good part. But these are the things we are going to discuss as we move forward, just with the show in general. So that's why we're doing it here. So one of the first things I like to bring up, you know, of course, is these past fights. That was just over the weekend. We had Don Deontay Wilder, America's heavyweight champion of the world at WBC. Alabama. That's right. I love that guy. I love him. He's definitely one of the great prospects we have still. As a champion, and I still call him a prospect. Yeah, I mean, uh, mean, his record's immaculate. What is he, 35 and 0? 36 and 0, 35 knockouts. He looks pretty strong, solid. There's a couple holes in this game, but as far as it, I think more people should be happy that we're going to have a, that we have an American heavyweight champion. It's been a long time since that, one that you can actually really respect. Now, Deontay Wilder, power is not overrated or underrated at all, but his jab, his jab underrated. I'm surprised. I'm well, surprised. the thing is, I, I completely understand what you're saying from that aspect. The only reason why I'm surprised and the only reason why we got to see that is because of what is broken hand and that torn bicep. Now, are you going to still see that jab once his hand, once he's out of surgery and it heals? Because he's one of those people that rely on their power, on his power, and he throws that overhand right. And even though it's aggressive, I mean, you get in there with a smart boxer, you're going to have to learn to work that jab. Will he be able to do that? Are you going to do that with that jab when you got someone your size? Same reach, just as big. That can still get in close, regardless of the length of your jab, where you and can kind of shut down that overhand right if he's in close. But he had a beautiful uppercut. I love that. Now, Are you on, talking about after he gr- uh, bump and grinded on him? That uppercut I, you yeah, were talking about? That, the one I think of that broke his hand, actually. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good thing he had some dance moves that followed up. And I think in his head he was like, ouch. But that's probably what happened. I think he broke his hand on that one. Um, Chrissy Ariola, the nightmare, always, always entertaining, tough competitor, mm-hmm. good fighter, and that's one of the guys I like to acknowledge who lost. It, um, I can't, I, I love this, I love this sport so much. Anytime I anybody brings it up, I'll talk to anybody. But that's also the uh, downfall of it because you talk with people who don't know much about it. And I got a lot of my boys, a lot of people who talked about how Chris Ariola is a bum. That guy's not a bum. Not he a bum. beat a tough fighter you mm-hmm. put him in Ariola went in a lot of other heavyweights and they're going to all have problems Deontay Wilder did what just a lot of great boxers do that he just made it look easy mm-hmm. but I want to take my hat off to Chris Ariola for uh I'm not even going to say he quit on the stool man they threw in the time they made the right decision he was so getting bad. he was getting beat and like another couple more rounds who knows what it might have happened man I always so. have respect for those fighters when you're looking at it and you're like and you know that you need to save this man from himself because exactly. that, that pride is there. Now, on that fight card with Sandy Vasquez and Eric Lubinson, Eric Lubin looked real good. I, I love this guy. Good prospect. Seems calm in the ring. 
uh, good style technique. And you know what? I don't want and I don't want to overlook him anyway. Like he Erickson the hammer. He did exactly what he had to do in that fight. He uh won, won by decision. It was a great great fight. I mean, he looked good. Um, but I don't honestly, I don't think we need to spend a whole bunch of time on there. I really want to get to the Sammy Vasquez yes. fight. So this was the fight that ended uh starting the controversy started with a majority draw with a majority draw and me and you we, we talked about this before we uh before we started you were saying how I have a problem with that I don't like it at all I have a big problem with not the recalculation part just the time it took for the recalculation answer to come in. There was a commercial break. I don't know if that commercial break came with any delays to where, like, well, we can't announce until the break's done. We don't know that. But the fact that they had to recalculate it and then call Vasquez back into the ring, I don't know if Diaz was there or not, just to change the decision. Because there's a lot of controversial endings where we feel like maybe this should have been the case. But then also at the same time, the right decision was announced. Okay. Um, I like the decision. The reason why I like the decision is because you got the up and coming prospect. You said the Sammy Vasquez. I mean, I love this. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, I like Sammy Vasquez's story, but with that majority draw, that goes in favor of Vasquez. He's undefeated at the until that point, and then so his story continues. So it's the imperfection of boxing is what I like it. Cause like yeah, everybody doesn't go home with a sweet story to, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't a fable storybook mm-hmm. ending. And that's the reason why I liked it. I liked the fact that he lost, he got outworked and he, he lucked out on that first one by them calling it a majority draw. He lost that fight. And then, so that's why I have no problem with it. I think they got it correctly on that second time around. Should they did it in a timely manner? Maybe, but at the end, they got it right. Do we fix this in scoring? Do we fix this with the, with the, with the judges? Do we change their positioning, change the way they view it? Nope. It takes all the drama out of all sports. Hey man, some people get screwed and that's just the nature of the beast. I'm a fan of that. I hate to say it. I hate, and just like, uh, I have other sports teams, and we've gotten screwed out of some. But, hey, I hate it when it's me, but, hey, it happens, man. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. I like that. It's about the imperfections that keep it perfect. I like that a lot. But I don't know. If it, I feel like if that happened in Las Vegas on a big fight, this would become bigger news than just me and you talking about it. Yeah. I think it would be a lot bigger game because there's a lot more money involved. Mm-hmm. But hopefully this is a one-time thing and we don't see it again. It'll, it'll happen again. It'll happen again. It'll <laughs> definitely happen again. It'll definitely happen again. Uh, That's for sure. Now, what's next on there? Oh, yeah. Now we also want to talk about Conor McGregor has been a big subject for a lot of people who like MMA especially, only because his name got mentioned in the same sense of Floyd Mayweather. And that's the only reason why we're bringing it up. I can't stand MMA. Sorry. It's okay. I'm a fan of it. Martial arts was where I started first. When my dad was in amateur boxing, so boxing has always been the number one in my heart. Yeah. But we got to talk about this just because I'm, I believe fighters can fight. McGregor can fight. I wouldn't want to fight him in a street fighter. Anybody that's job is to fight. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do the math on that one. It's easy. I, I would rather be controlling it through like a fight night or something on the PlayStation 4 console. But the talk is there. Now, I believe that these guys are just kind of talking, talking. But once they get in that ring, it's different. One, you know, we're bringing this up. This is never going to happen. This is never going to come to flourishing. They're not. They're just not going to fight each other. Mayweather's too smart for that. But at the same time, 
outside of them actually fighting, I've always thought it was disrespectful to think that you can walk into anybody who's a professional anything Mm -hmm. and think that you can beat them when somebody has mastered their crab. It's a slap in the face just to think that even though you're a heavy, even though you're a champion at what you do, you can just, that just gives you the right to cross over and to think that you can challenge somebody who's the best at what they do. It's, I'd be, I, I couldn't even acknowledge the fact that somebody thinks they could be better than me. It's something that I've mastered my whole life in, and they just going to walk in here and do that. No, it's not happening, man. It's, yeah, it's insulting. It's kind of why I like that uh, when Lomachenko and Salido fought their first match, it was Lomachenko's first title fight, second professional fight, and Salido was disrespected and, yeah. and had a right to be. So he just said, you know what? He came in overweight, bullied him. And still near the end of that fight, almost lost it. Yeah. So Lomachenko's a bad boy because of it. He but is. that's something that even in boxing, that's a boxing thing. These are two fighters, two gold amateur fights. Totally different when you're going to MMA. Mm-hmm. James Tony made that crossover to yeah. MMA. Yeah. Got taken down by Randy Couture, but he made that mistake in the beginning when he said he wasn't going to train for it. Yeah. Now, I believe that a fighter, a boxer can go into MMA, but an MMA cannot cross over. I agree. Definitely. I agree. Just because the dynamic of it is a little bit more conditioning. And uh, I, I just don't like the sloppiness of MMA. That's probably one of my biggest things. Like, I think it is a people get on boxing and talk about there's a lot of huggling. I'm like, man, at least they're standing up when they're it's hugging. At least, up. man, <laughs> that's, that's funny to me. But, like, you can't – you're talking about going into the ring with Mayweather. You can't even – you're not even undefeated at your own sport, let alone coming into there. But um, also, what, to piggyback off what you're talking about is, like, you think people can cross over to – you know, from boxing to go to MMA, Holly Holm. Good example. He, Good you example. Got a, you got a boxer who beat down the uh, undisputed champ in Ronda Rousey. The and most she did feared the woman most on the feared planet. Woman. Yeah. Even and, by and, most men. Mm-hmm. Even by most men feared. Just because. She I, had I, that boxing background. That's right. And then it was a good. It was good too because when Holly Holm beat her, it was with the jab. It was with the one yeah, twos with, with, right down the middle. The most key punch in boxing, of course. Yeah. Right, just yeah, like our yeah. friends down south, the yab, the yab, the, the, the never yab. Forget the yab. The, never forget the yab. Never forget the yab. That's why I love it. And also, when we saw with Kimbo Slice, backyard brawler, uh-huh. made his career in MMA. Uh-huh. Even though a backyard brawler, minimal boxing experience. Couldn't cross over to boxing. Rest in peace, of course, Kimbo Slice. Yes, rest, rest in peace, peace Kimbo um, Slice. I, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get into this where it's just like people think I'm bad mouthing MMA, but that just goes to show you the difference in boxing. Like you're, they're finding people on the streets who are able to come in here and make a name for themselves. Like all most professionals, most professionals will have a lot of amateur experience mm-hmm. like to be to be known and considered one of the best or even like you even see prospects with 20 wins mm-hmm. undefeated 18 knockouts you know so on and so forth and then they're just and they're not even they're not even considered to be you know the top five in their in their weight division so like you think about you think about stuff like that i just you're not walk you're not walking into a boxing ring and just think you can beat anybody so no, we've heard people all the time. They're like, no, I want to do this. I want to do that. I like to get in there, but I don't like get hit. I might get mad and just rush somebody. What happens when you do that in boxing? You get slept. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it's a controlled sport, man. It's That's like right. there's a you have to relax when you're in the ring. You can't you can't sit there and think, hey, I'm just going to muscle it. It's a lot of smarts. Um, it, it's about I would say it's about eighty percent mental and not twenty percent physical. Yeah, you know no. my math is always off, but you know that, that's what the numbers I'm going with to think that is you're actually going to be successful in the sport. And that's why it's called a science. All right, 
now that we did that comparison between MMA and boxing, let's talk about Adrian Broner. I'm sorry, Adrian Broner is his name there. Not the <laughs> biggest, fired. not the biggest fan of Broner, but he's kind of like my Chavez Jr. A lot of natural talent, a lot of skill. Um, he's we, but he's his well, he's his own enemy on this. We we've talked a lot about uh, Broner and Chavez in the same aspect. I, my personal opinion, natural talent. They're the two most talented fighters in boxing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think – I think when it comes to it, just, they have just, everything it takes to be champions and to be to be great. Mm-hmm. They don't want it. Yeah. They want the they want the fame and they want the – you got somebody who wants to be Floyd Jr. without the what, – what, Floyd Jr. Mm-hmm. Jr. without the work ethic. You got somebody who wants the, the father. Yeah. He wants the he, – he wants his father's legacy without actually having to work. I don't yeah. like that. Like and it's that. really disappointing how both of their careers are going right I, now. I love how you said that about Chavez Jr., and Broner, especially because he – what does it say about me with a junior? Because this was a guy who, who looked up as you as your mentor before you ever met or knew this guy who wanted to be nothing like you uh-huh. but didn't, of course, have the right people around to, for him to get the discipline and everything else, and you yeah. see it turning. And this job is junior. This boy lived in a bigger house than me and you've seen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he's big for his size. He's huge for his just size. Just natural talent, living a life that we could only dream of sometimes, but just – Wasting it away. He has. I don't think his boys fought in probably two years now, right? Yeah, we're getting away. We brought the reason why we brought up Broner is because his uh, <laughs> the decisions he's he's made in his life is is about the same as the decisions he's made in yeah. his boxing career. Exactly. He went to jail. He went to jail early this morning for being late to his court date from partying the night before. From what I heard, I wasn't there. I wish I was. If you were at traffic court. Or had traffic court, would you be late to that? As a black man, I can't allow to be late to those type of things. I can be late to free before 11. I can be late to VIP. I cannot be late to court. As someone who is only categorized as white when I'm hanging with my white friends, I still wouldn't even be late to court. <laughs> because when I walk in that room, I'm an immediate minority because I'm a, I'm a lot darker than my white friends. You're a little bit so, darker. You know what I'm saying? Year round but, but I'm a chameleon, and that's me. And that's something that I've learned because of boxing with different styles that I've had to learn and train against. And that's one of the reasons why we like the sweet science. Now, moving away from these disappointments in the sport, let's talk about Errol Spence Jr. This is the truth, the man. And I really, really like this kid. Now, earlier I was telling you I thought Crawford, and we're going to talk more about him later, was probably the best 141-47. Then I sat then his name popped up, and I was like, now this changes everything. Because we got two champs that are probably destined for unified at 147. Yeah. And now we know Spence has a fight coming up on August 21st against Leonard Bendu. I've, I've, I've seen him fight a couple of times. He's a decent guy. He'll, he'll probably get rounds through him. Uh, but he'll most likely be knocked out since what happened to Al You calling it? You want to just give him the round two? What round is it happening? Uh, I'm going to say four. <laughs> I'll say four rounds. Bendu can take a punch. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say four rounds. I would be surprised if you went minutes. down. Give him 12 minutes? We'll okay. give him 12 minutes. But Errol Spence Jr., he um, – I like him. I like him a lot. I like him. And, you know, I'm always uh, I'm always not really biased against South Pauls, but he looks beautiful when he's out there fighting. Like, he's, he's that perfect mix. He's that perfect mix between, like, smarts and power, too. Like, he's really aggressive, and he's exciting for the sport. You don't have the people – you don't have those uh, – you don't, you know, you have some people who have that uh, that size, but they don't make it exciting. You know, they, mm-hmm. you know, they pick and choose when they want to fight. He, he'll bring it to you. He'll throw everything you at the, even the kitchen sink at you. So I like him. Let's talk about the power in both hands. Both hands. Have you ever been in the ring with someone that power in both hands? 
Um, I don't remember, so I don't know what that says. If that's a yes or a no. No, I just wonder. It's more of a yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can tell uh, you no, but also a lot of people say they won the fight and they just woke up. So no, I, I've 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 encountered a lot of times, and sometimes it was size, and it's one of those things where it's definitely going to make you nervous when you want to go in and out, no matter what your style is, because the jab hurts just as much as the power shots. Yeah, and you're going to hit with that jab more mm-hmm. than those power shots. But even then, he's like he's smart, but he swarms you too. So even when you try to get away, you try to side sidestep he's quick on his feet he can move with you so there's this a barrage coming at you man that's what makes it hard let's talk about his last fight chris algeri now who did chris algeri fight he fought amir khan of course but before that was manny pacquiao, pacquiao and provodnikov and provodnikov how many rounds did both those fights go those all one decision the decision would it do you think anybody picked a knockout for Earl Spence Jr. on that fight? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Chris Algieri, he's a, he's one of those guys. His res, I mean, he may have peaked at the right time when he beat Provodnikov, you know, to take Pacquiao on and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, he, he may have peaked at the right time. Most Still people going say, to school to be a doctor? Mo, most people say he didn't deserve the Pacquiao chance, but, hey, that's not his fault. That's not his fault. He, but he beat who he, he had to beat. He's a hard-nosed white boy. He's Pacquiao a, he's a him down six times and he still and finished he the fight still got up like he's a and you got to think he has kickbox he has kickboxing background he's been kicked in the head he's been kicked in yeah. the face so yeah. let alone some punches for him when he hit that ground in the six or whatever i think it was a six round right it was one of the even rounds it was early round remember. like that yeah. and he looked at the ref and just shook his head <laughs> he's i can't continue i can't nope. continue he's and that's coming from a, a kickboxer who's fought some of the that best that you have out of there. That fight said more to me about Errol Spence Jr. than the it, overall fight itself. Yeah, it did. Because this kid's real. Very, very real. This kid's real. Very, real. And very, you need to be real. watching out for him too. So, depends on depends on what he wants to do. Does he want to with well, one forty, one forty seven? That division's already crowded as it is. So it's going to be real things, beautiful. The one forty seven division to me is. Division has been the best division in boxing for a long time. One of my yes. favorite fighters of all time is Oscar De La Hoya. Mm-hmm. And this is at the time when people were so focused on the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Now, with De La Hoya, uh, fought everybody. Granted, his stuff outside the ring. Now, we're all into our own special things, so we're not even going to talk <laughs> about that. I don't, I'm from Vegas, so I don't judge nobody about nothing. I want to kick with De La Hoya outside I, the I, ring. I'd party with him any day of the week. Any <laughs> of the week. Oh, well, not now, but maybe before rehab, of course. But... But then I thought it was a top division because everybody was already kind of looking down on the heavyweights was spiraling away as far as for a fan base because the Klitschko's just entered into boxing. Now, this 147 division is stacked. Now, we got our main champs there, Thurman and Garcia, and then um, the IBF guy, Kel Brook, who's fighting Golovkin, who who Spence is trying to fight next. Can we – I don't like jumping ahead. Once you start start off one matchup – I, I have to acknowledge it before we just jump over that. Whether he wants to fight, uh, whether he wants to fight Kell Brook, I didn't know snuff films were allowed to be publicized. <laughs> the fact that you're gonna allow—we're not even gonna get about the bad talk on yo Canelo fought a, a welterweight, or you know, because G, Triple G is going to do the same exact thing. We're not even gonna get into the he said she said thing back and forth. Canelo fought him at 155. How? 155, yeah. Kell Brook's going up to 160. Two. 160. Yeah. Kell, come on, man. Yeah. Even even, even though we just talked about how bad this guy's thought process is, mm-hmm. you see Adrian Broner's tweets? Look, man, he said, and this is verbatim, this isn't verbatim, but he said, look, man, Kell Brook, we know you're a warrior. 
You, you know, got bad. Crazy. You got bad handlers on this. You yeah. should not be taking this fight, man. I don't. I don't condone murder. Yeah, no. There's I a don't lot of murder. there's a lot of garbage hip hop I've heard where I was not mad at the the artists who record it, but the people that were in the studio like, yo, that's dope. Let's drop yes. it. Let's drop it. And that's where I'm kind of a little upset with this one to kill Brooke because Pride got him into something that I think might be just, just giving this belt to Errol Spence yeah. because it, unless he wins this fight, even if he wins this fight, the punishment he will endure, how do you continue on? Especially you're going to know what the size is. You're going to um, know what the power is. That's for sure. And you know what's, fu- you know what's funny about this, po- the, this portion about the Kell Brook thing? Is I feel like Triple G, what does he always say every fight? He wants to give the fans a good show. Mm-hmm. So if that means he has to take you into eight rounds of beating you up but not allowing you to finish, that you, I mean you beg the, him to stop you. you. you Begging him to stop you. I mean, as a as a fighter, you're gonna continue as much as you can. But <laughs> you, you tie him up and ask him you to saw knock what you happened out? To, you saw what happened to David Lemieux. Oh my goodness. He, Triple G could have ended that a lot earlier. Oh, but he did not. He sat there and just Dish out punishment after round after round, and I'm not trying to see nobody. I mean, there was time when when Triple G fought Willie Monroe Jr. and Willie Monroe was stood there and fought him, which I give him so much respect for. Yeah, and and I remember he hit Triple G one time with everything he had. Triple G's hands up was like kind of like uh, it, talk about snatching the soul from you. And how then, do you? And you see you it too on a, on a lot of, and those are from those are from middleweights. Mm-hmm. No, those aren't welterweight punches. So, you know, he'll stick his face out and allow you to clock it, clock him just to say, you know, you're you're in for a long night. Now, I, now I want to get back to the welterweight decision. As someone, this welterweight division, but as someone who still, you know, works out and trains, now I'm not going to say trains for a fight, but works out regularly and uses boxing as one of his training methods. Yeah. How would you, if you were a trainer, how would you prepare Kell Brook for a fight like this? Well... The diet portion, just getting him up is going to be, I mean, he has to go up another 13 pounds, I mean, to get there from the 147. Uh, I mean, I don't do the nutrition part, but it's going to have to be a lot. It's going to have to be a lot of footwork, a lot of footwork, back and forth, side to side. His sidestep has to be, he's going to have to come at him with angles. Like, because you're not, because you're not going forward. You're not going back. You have to hit him with angles. So as soon as you sidestep, you have to throw that overhand right. So you stop, you have to give him that double jab. You, you, and then you have to get out. It's all nothing but in and out. You have to like, because there's no way you can sit here and fight with him standing in that phone booth. You don't have, I don't think he's going to have what it takes to sit there and really go toe to toe with him. So he's going to have to do, hey, Eris Randy Laura, the way he mm-hmm. fought Canelo. Okay. He, even though he lost that fight, I thought he gave even it though away. he lost in a fight, he gave you got to take the, you have to take the belt from the champ. Yeah. But it was pretty close. I'm a Canelo fan, and even when it came to decision, I didn't know which way he could go because Laura fought a good fight. That's what Kel Brooks gonna have to do. That's what he's gonna do. Yeah, he's gonna have to keep moving. That's a good. I like that good comparison. That's a good fight to look at for uh, a strategy, a method, and a game plan to fight Triple G. And I like that a lot. I thought Eris Landy. He, he gave it away because there was times when he made Canelo miss but didn't make him pay for it, yeah. like Mayweather did to him. I was going to compare the Matisse-Danny Garcia fight. Uh-huh. That's the one I was thinking because Danny Garcia worked Matisse with the jab, but he didn't let him keep the distance. Matisse was the bigger guy, made it a uh, very ugly fight, not fan-friendly. But I think if you could do something like that and get the angles especially, in and out with some angles, and don't let him get that distance or close it too much, you can get a possible win. 
Yeah. But can you survive? Unfortunately, is the question. Now you can just you now, even though we compared that, that was, those were two guys in the welterweight division. There, that wasn't somebody who's coming up to who's a bigger. heavier who's bigger. So, it, it, and then you lose some of that foot speed going up on mm. there too. So it's. Good one. Uh, trying to go up and wait and then try to stay quick. I mean, that's the, that's the Khan, sweet science part. You know, Amir Khan, well, Canelo took away Amir Khan's foot speed, but he didn't lose it or his hand speed. So with that comparison right there, I think Kell Brook has a good shot and a possible chance. But it's a, a very slim chance. Yeah. You might have to. Well, I don't know how the testing is there done in, uh, in uh, England. Because, hey, we're not insinuating uh, anything. I, hope, I just hope I don't see anything with Triple G on the internet, you know, saying that uh, after the fight he didn't want to drink some water like uh, Tyson Fury did. Yeah. Now, going back to the welterweight division, we got Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia. It sounds like going to be the next unification before we go into the one that's on this weekend. Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman, these are two, two good fighters. I really, really like one time. I really like Garcia. But it's 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 going to be a tough fight for either one. It will if that's the possible matchup. It, you know, one thing one thing I do hate about boxing, it reminds me of being, even though I'm not, it reminds me of being a 17-year-old high school girl. It's just a whole bunch of rumors going around. Yeah. So, like, even though this is a probable matchup everybody would like to see, you got Keith Thurman calling out Manny Pacquiao, you know, who recently came out of retirement, which I never thought he was retired in the first place. But you got him calling out, getting called out. Uh, I forgot who called out Garcia, but I mean, you know, they're talking about there, there's so much, there's so many rumors going around. But you know, we can speak on it as if as if Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia. It looks like Keith Thurman's going to have to do his mandatory WBA defense, so that's going to leave uh, Garcia with a fight. Um, he's going to probably have to make before the end of this year because as a fighter and, and even as a handler, I don't think you want your fighter fighting once a year unless you're someone like Floyd Money Mayweather. And even he who, fought it twice a year. Yeah, even just, just because he had to. Yeah. Well, when did he do that Showtime contract? Yeah. I think that's more obligation because before that, uh, I think 50 Cent kind of nailed it on the nose as far as his lifestyle with his money. Yeah. I think that's already been proven and documented. And unfortunately, it took 30 days for him to realize that. Nothing would have been life better for me if he would have came out Muslim. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, that would have been the point in my life where I'm like, this is all perfect. Everything is perfect. But I, let's not get sidetracked here. Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman. Now, you're one of these guys who has always picked against Garcia. Can you pick against him today? No. He, uh, he's, he's gotten into the category with me to where I've never doubted Floyd. I've never doubted Floyd. But I've always said this is going to be a good fight, and I was surprised when Floyd made it a landslide. Same with Danny Garcia. I picked to get yet yeah, with Canelo. I picked I picked Matisse knocking him Danny Garcia out in three rounds, and he took it to decision and won that fight and took it. So I, yeah, he closes he closed his eye. So Danny Garcia, I I think it's the sixth toe that he has that really made me not like him. That was part of it. You know, it just looks weird looking at it. He's a smart fighter. I never gave him enough credit for that, and I, that is my fault. His resume's a, there. His, his resume's there. He's beaten a lot. I mean, people call him a bum, but Lamont, I don't think Lamont Peterson is a bum. Like, yeah. he beat Matisse. He has he has solid wins under his belt. He knocked out Amir Khan. Mm-hmm. Knocked him out. Like, it, looked, it wasn't no different from the Canelo, the Canelo yeah. knockout. Yeah, he slept you'll him. You'll soon see in the app. Make sure yeah. you download the app at the Squared Circle on in your Play Store and Android. Uh, I'm sorry, Android and App Store for iPhone. It's going to be available in there. And you'll see that KTFO section in there. Always tap on it to see the best knockouts. Because when you see it, 
we might even classify it as NSFW because it might not be safe for work <laughs> just because of what you might react when you see some of them KOs. Yeah. Now, I like Keith Thurman a lot. One time is one of my dudes. Yeah. I've watched him for a long time. Yeah. He's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very smart fighter. I've seen him mm-hmm. in positions where he's gotten rocked and decided to be a smart boxer Sean and work Porter. him. Yep, Sean Porter. And that was a fight where, man, even Sean Porter, when he got popped sometimes where I thought he's starting to take this fight, but then yeah. he get rocked yeah. and be like, that just happened. Great counter. He's a great counter puncher. Like, and that's something that we've just recently seen from him. So Keith Thurman is, he's opening, he's opening the book. He's opening the playbook. He's got, he's got more weapons than we know. And he's becoming, he's becoming a smarter fighter. And um, there's enough footage on both these guys to prepare. Yeah. It, I would expect nothing but a very, very entertaining fight from these two guys. And, and it's a match I definitely want to watch. Just like the fight coming up this Saturday. So just in great segue into that, just because um, you were saying that Danny Garcia moved up in his division because you thought he was scared of the person who was fighting this Saturday. Yep. That's what I believe. When they announced, I, I've watched Victor Postal as a big boxing fan. I've read about him. And when I watched him take out Selkuk Aiden at 140, Selkie Gaden had one loss in his resume, like 22 wins, I believe, with 19 knockouts. And he worked him, and he knocked him out in the seventh, eighth round. And I saw the size, and I saw his jab, which is impeccable. And he's trained by Freddie Roach, someone who's taught him how to use the jab. And Roach is a very aggressive training style. And he still uses the distance properly, and he took him apart. So when I heard about Matisse and him, I told everyone he's going to knock him out. I said it, and that's exactly what happened. Now... With this one being said, I'll even go out and say I, I think Postal is going to win this fight. I'm going with Terrence Crawford. Okay. I'm going with Terrence Crawford. The reason why I'm going from now, size comparison, Victor Postal has the height advantage. I don't know what the reach advantage is, but I'll I'll give him the edge on Got that one though. Yeah, just probably by a couple. But have you seen somebody who can fight Orthodox and Southpaw equally? And it's a great, smart fighter like Terrence Crawford. Not in boxing, um, but the jab. It does, your, your style doesn't matter with that jab. Which yeah. foot you put forward, that jab, if you use it right, mm-hmm. I'll keep you right there where I need you. Even if – I don't care if they call me a slap boxer. I will be slapping you just to check you and keep you there. Hey. And it don't matter which one you switch. That's why I think Postal's the guy. Crawford's got my heart. He's my dude. But I think Postal might uh might take this uh take the decision on this one. I don't think he'll knock him out, but I think he'll take the decision. Uh, I think if Crawford fights smart, I think if he stays moving, kind of like what we were talking about with Kel Brook, because you know he is fighting you know same weight class, but he's fighting a bigger fighter. I think if he stays moving and he keep goes at him with angle, especially with the switching up between Southpaw and Orthodox, I think he has what it takes to. I, I don't think it'll go. I don't think he'll knock him out. I think it'll go decision. But I got a, I got Terrence Crawford. I got T Bud for that Omaha. 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 I like that. I like that. Let's go. Pause.